0: We need that balance. We need the inward and we need the outward. If you're only inward, you get stuck in what's called the healer's trap, where it's like the only thing you do is work on yourself. You know, and that's actually not healthy either because we're not here for only that. Although there's a time and a place for everything. Sometimes you go to a retreat or if you're doing a deep inner journey, you need to be fully focused there. But like in the way life is set up, we have to have like a balance. What happens in the outer world, is always revealing to us what we need to work on in the inner world. They call it the mirror principle. So it's basically like what is showing up for us is actually exactly what we need to see about our inner world. And that's like the way that I've always learned. I consider life as my teacher in a way. Like I've had a lot of teachers, but there's no teacher that's going to be more potent than just life itself. And life is always showing us exactly what we need to see. So you'll, you'll attract something or some person or an opportunity or circumstance. And, and instead of being like, why is this happening to me? It's like, how is this happening for me? And like flipping that script and being like, okay, what is this teaching me? And how is this deepening me or strengthening me or helping me to grow wiser? What is my best life look like? And like, how can I create that and make sure that it's the most authentic expression of my soul my purpose in this life and how can i be of greatest service to humanity and the collective by being here on this planet
1: welcome to today's episode of unleash thyself i am your host constantine Morun, and today we're joined by dashama gordon she's a mental health and wellness pioneer featured on platforms like abc nbc and vogue she's transformed over a million lives through flow state yoga and is the founder of Flow State Institute and Bright Future Foundation. In our conversation, we're diving into Dashama's transformative journey and the power of Flow State in healing and personal growth. We'll explore practices that can help you find balance, delve into the psychology of trauma and anxiety, and uncover how you can change your life and the life of those around you through compassion and mindfulness. Through yoga, breath work, and meditation will explore how you can tap into an almost infinite realm of possibilities and spiritual energy. This episode is for anyone looking to elevate their mental health and tap into a fulfilling, balanced lifestyle. Let's get started. And hey, welcome back to Unleash Thyself. I am thrilled to welcome Dashama Gordon to the show and her trusted companion, Amore. Ah. Dashama, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today. And your Unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Dashama, such a pleasure to have you with us.
0: So nice to be here. Thank you.
1: Amore wants to get down. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, too much camera action for me. Yeah,
0: it's just like, I'm done for now. <laughs> well,
1: you have such a beautiful story. I had a chance to, to go a bit deeper into it. But for those in the audience that don't know too much about you, what would you like to start with your story? Because there's so many beautiful parts that we can dive into.
0: You know, it's a funny thing. I, what comes to mind, <laughs> there was a picture and it was it's like the sky at night and there's a star in the middle. And then there was like, it was like a meme and it was like, this is our ancestry, right? So when I think about our story, right? To me, there's like this life, then there's past life, then there's the origin of life. And the story goes really far back. But if I was going to say something about this life story, I think that I was born in this life with a clear intention to experience the greatest amount of challenges possible so that I could grow into a powerful and wise soul early on to be of service to humanity. And that's what I've dedicated my life to. And it's been an interesting journey, you know, and it's interesting because I was thinking about a friend of mine and he just ran, a, it's called the Super Marathon, six marathons back to back in the desert. And he was telling me on the second marathon, which is the day two, you have to do one every day. And on the fourth day, you do two. And you know you have to do six. So basically, on the second day, he wanted to die, and it was interesting because I was thinking about it and then. But he told me how he he remembered his, the reason that he came. He remembered the reason that he did it, like signed up to begin with, and flew all the way to Morocco, and and it pushed him through. And and actually, even though most of the guys that were like world like champions in this marathon type of thing, they were all getting helicoptered out and quitting. And he, he, he won, he won the whole race, even though he told me he wanted to die on day two and he was pooping blood. And like he was like, you know, and I, and it was just making me think about my own journey because there was so many times where it's like, it got really hard. And I was like, why? And, and it's interesting when you're going through a hard time and then it forges you this type of depth and strength and wisdom that you can't gain from any books and you can't gain that from, you know, just hearing about it. It's Something about real experience with difficulty and, and overcoming that is what makes us into great beings on this planet. Oh, that's
1: such a beautiful way to introduce uh, our conversation today. And you're absolutely right. I, I look back at my life and it's always been through those tougher challenges that we grew a lot, but also through those tougher challenges that, that we left lessons behind that we should probably go back and, and retrieve from those experiences that maybe we haven't unpacked just yet. I'll be curious in your case, because you've overcome quite a few things in life. What has been the one thing or the, the few things that pushed you through? Like, you know, your friend, he reminded himself of why he started the journey in the first place. But I would imagine when life throws things your way, it's not that easy to remind yourself that because in some cases, we we may not even know why we're here.
0: That's true. I think in the earlier time, like when I was younger, I'd say like... Before my mid-twenties, before I discovered my real purpose, I always had these little purposes. So like at any point, there was like this kind of feeling like I had purpose. And one thing that comes to mind was actually one of the turning points when I was around 13 years old and I had been moving around when I was seven, my mother lost her mind and she became schizophrenic from drug and alcohol addiction and my father was addicted to drugs. And so we ended up being put into foster home and we moved around a lot. We lived in a lot of strangers' homes. It was really traumatizing for me in the beginning, but it was interesting because little like God always shows up. Right. And, and, and I feel like you get these glimpses of your purpose and it's like breadcrumbs on the journey. Right. And so I remember when I was like one example, when I was seventh, seventh grade or no second grade, I, I think it was seven or eight. And I was one of the smart kids in school. So they let us on Friday, all the little ones that got the best grades. We got to go to the the veterans hospital on Friday and they would let us go there and hang out with the vets and we would drink Kool-Aid and have cookies and like play games and stuff. And like it was our kind of opportunity to bring them joy. And we got to get out of school. So we were happy with that. So basically, it was a really fun experience. And interestingly, and both of my grandfathers were in the military in the World War II One of my grandfathers was in Europe at the time, fighting against Hitler, and he was Jewish. So there was like so many things connected to that veterans' experience, but I didn't realize, and that was early on. And then later, I remember when I was thirteen, finally after many foster homes, we ended up. My mother's adopted sister took me and one of my other sisters. We have four sisters, but two of them, two of us, got to go to live with our aunt in South Dakota, and it was so interesting because. She brought me a book one day and this book I feel like was a turning point of my life in a way because it it was called How to Be Like Women of Influence and right. it's 20 greatest women of the 20th century and had like Oprah and Mother Teresa and Amelia Earhart and Princess Diana and it had like all the greatest women and like each one of them had a character trait and the character trait was kind of like exemplary of what they had really committed their life to being as a character. So like Mother Teresa was love and compassion, you know, and like Amelia Earhart was courage, for example. You know, each one of them had this amazing trait. And I read that book early on, and it was so fascinating. Little things that came into my, books have been a big part of my life. So then another another book came into my life after that, and there was this poem in the book, by this woman named Edna St. Vincent Millay. And the, and the poem is from the early 1900s. And it's called Renaissance, which is like the British way of saying Renaissance. And it was a poem and I memorized it. I fell so in love with the poem, but it's all about death and rebirth. And I was like, wow, how appropriate. My whole life was this death and rebirth experience. And here I was, the universe gives me this beautiful poem when I'm like, 12 or something. I don't know. Second. No, I was like maybe between seventh, eighth grade. And I was so in love with this poem. I would read it over and over. I memorized it. It's about 10 minutes long, but there's like certain parts of it where she talks about, you know, she dies in the poem and she talks about the experience of death. And then she, she just wants to to be alive again. And she, and she's like, she goes through this whole journey of coming back to life in the poem. And, And it's a wonderful thing. I could share some of it if you want at some point. But basically, I feel like that those two pieces of work, the the poem and, and that book about the women of influence, there's something about those types of wisdom that was planted in my soul at a young age. So then when it came to like getting like deep challenges, it was like all of a sudden here I was in that moment where I'm like, I am now challenged. Am I going to be the great character or am I going to die? Am I going to be the one that dies in the poem or the one that's born again? And I just always, you know, obviously just kept choosing rebirth. And just like, I think of this picture that I have right here. It's like, this is a symbology. It's a, the phoenix, you know, the phoenix rising out of the ashes of the the death and the destruction of like whatever, whatever happened and then getting stronger, more powerful, more aligned more purpose-driven, filled with more light, more purity. And I think that that's what challenges offer for us. So then I started to develop this perspective, which is like, it's a blessing. (laughs) Instead of like, oh my God, I'm a victim kind of energy. It was like, okay, this is happening because it's forging me into a strong, powerful, purified soul. So bring it.
1: Wow, what a beautiful story and inspiration at the same time. And I would agree with you. You're absolutely right. The challenges are providing us a chance to be rebirthed, essentially, and the tougher ones anyway. And there's so much to learn from them. What would you say to people these days that face challenges that may seem hard to overcome, but they have to push through? Because at the end of it is this rebirthing, is this growth that happens. What, what what would you say is something that they can do to make it a bit easier?
0: You know, I was talking to my sister about this yesterday because she had a baby fourteen months ago, but she happened to have a kind of baby that does not sleep. This baby mm-hmm. does not sleep. She hasn't slept for fourteen months, like not one full night. She's so tired, and so I'm trying to help her. You know, and and you know, we all go through our challenges. So, but one of the things that helps me. Or that I was trying to get her to do something simple, you know, that she could do. And actually, I developed these bracelets to kind of help her do because she's sitting there nursing this baby all day. (laughs) I'm like, okay, breathe. So there's this breathing ritual, but it it goes with this symbology that I feel really connected to, and it's it's called Shefa. Actually, it's a Hebrew word. Uh, It's a sacred geometry. Do you know this symbology? Have you ever seen it?
1: I some of it, yes.
0: Yeah, the circle, and then there's like. Another circle, and then there's like two kind of legs here, and then there's a swirl in the middle. So basically, though, it represents the infinite light, right? We'll call infinite light God, creator, source, right? The infinite energy. And then there's the finite energy, that's us. And so it represents like drawing the energy from the infinite source into us, right? And then obviously, we can also send it back, but. God doesn't need our energy so much, you know, so we need to bring it down into us and then channel it into whatever it is that we need to manifest and create and do. Like for her, it's nursing the baby, but basically whoever, whatever you're doing. And I feel like this is something that can be very helpful for anybody because one of the things that's helped me so much over my life, it's been difficult, but I have a very extraordinarily high energy. Like it's so constant that I have to I had to develop a lot of breathing practices on how to deal with it because it's like always high (laughs) and it's like even when I'm tired it's like still high. so I'm like okay so I developed a lot of different breathing practices and it also goes hand in hand with like how to connect to your your soul your source your inner being and be present and then really like nourish yourself in the way that you need in every moment Which I think is the important thing because so often we're just like externalizing, we're looking outwards, we're, you know, doing, doing, doing. And and it's like the state of our inner being is really where it all originates from. Oh,
1: I love that. It's me a lot of what I used to be doing, which is like you said, externalizing it and looking externally, giving my power away. And it wasn't until I I brought it inwards and looked within and put distractions away and settled myself that the the, the magic happened, so to speak. And we our challenges happen. become a bit easier to overcome. It's Of course, there's still challenges. There's still going to be some tough parts, but it's easier to overcome. Okay, awesome. So you're talking about the bracelets that you had. Like you and I were talking about those a few weeks ago as well. No. What's no. the purpose behind the bracelet for those that are interested in the audience? Because they look cool. I know that much. But <laughs> Hey, it's Constantine here. And I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights, and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine.unleashthyself.com. At I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, back to the episode.
0: You know, I'll tell you, because first of all, they do, they do look cool. I mean, but then the other thing is, it's, a, it's it has a usefulness, so it's an intentional jewelry. Meaning that it's not just for wearing, although you can just wear it, but it's, there's two things. First of all, it's made out of crystals. So the actual crystals have a property. So this specific one I have in my hand is turquoise, but like we're going to have different ones. There's one with lapis. Lapis is a dark blue. And actually in the ancient Egyptian times they would use lapis as a stone for the royalty and help them to access their third eye, the intuition. And then... Also, there's going to be a pink one, the rose quartz, and that one is more for like expanding your heart and feeling more love. And so, depending on what energy you need in your life, you know, you can pick the different colors and stuff. But basically, the intention is to make it into a ritual for breathing and meditation. So, one of the things that I think people struggle with, I've been teaching yoga and meditation for 18 years, and I, and I feel like people have been struggling with how to be consistent and, you know, fit it in, right? And this is like an interesting thing because once you get into it, there's like almost like no chance you're not going to fit it in. But if you didn't make a habit yet, then it feels like, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. And then they never do that. And so you talk to people, they're like, do you ever meditate? And they'll be like, no. And so I wanted to develop something that would make it easy and fun and kind of much more like accessible. So the concept here is that each bead is a breath. And the way you hold it, it's very simple. You just put this between your hand and then you, like with each breath, you just take your thumb and you push that bead and you go to the next one. So it's quite easy. And so you can do it with one hand and you can do it sitting, you can do it laying down, you can do it anywhere. You could do it at the grocery store, you know, but basically just there's different techniques, but just like a simple one is long, deep breaths. So you could count the breath. It'd be like four, four second inhale. Hold the breath at the top, two seconds, and exhale. Hold at the bottom, and inhale. And then you go to the next one. So each breath is a bead. Now this bracelet is only 16 or 18 beads, so it's nice because it's not like, oh, you need to do an hour. You don't even need to do five whole minutes. You could do one round, which would take you about one to two minutes. But the fascinating thing that I've learned, and also backed by science research, I've worked with Harvard and Stanford and a number of research institutions that even just 16 breaths can really change your brainwave states can put you in like help work with your nervous system, put you into a better space. And one of the things that people deal with so much right now is anxiety. And it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever, do you ever have a experience with anxiety? Yeah, It's fascinating with anxiety because I think that almost everybody has had some experience with anxiety and some people have what we call chronic anxiety. I've known lots of people. They have almost like no problems really in their life. They're just like have chronic anxiety. And I think part of it's like could be from your childhood. Part of it's from your mindset. But a big part of it actually is from the caveman days when we were living in the caves and literally we developed this part of the brain and the amygdala that. It created this fight or flight response so that if a tiger came to the cave and we would run away and we would save ourselves, right? So that was like a protection. It was a safety mechanism. And so we it's called fight or flight. But the thing is, we don't need that right now. Like we don't need it in the modern society hardly at all. You know what I mean? There's almost nothing that's really a physical threat that we need to run or feel afraid or anything. Mm-hmm. So what happens is humans are like literally going around feeling that way by a number of triggers. It could be triggered from a sound. It could be triggered from anything. Like there's lots of things that can happen in your day that could trigger it. Maybe just having too much on your to-do list or, you know, this perfectionism mindset that's like, I need to be perfect and do it all this certain way. It's like all these mechanisms in the mind create these triggers that catalyze the fight or flight response, which is kind of what's being called modern day chronic anxiety or, you know, situational anxiety. So when I see this, you know, I don't have like a tremendous amount of anxiety, but what I do have is a tremendous amount of energy. So I can understand the energy of anxiety and it's very closely related to trauma as well. So anxiety and trauma tend to be connected. So if you've had trauma as a young person or anywhere in your life, it could have even been just one time in college, something happens, and it stays in you. And then it carries a vibration. And the vibration of trauma is very much like this, which is the same energy of anxiety, which is this kind of like tension, uneasiness. It feels unsafe. It feels unstable. It's just an energy. And so when we hold that anywhere, whether it's in our gut in our heart in our mind it's in our joints in our muscles of our back you see people with back pain all the time it's because we're holding energy there and it's it's blocking the chi flow it's blocking the flow of prana from being able to circulate and our body needs to be able to have the proper circulation in order to you know really thrive and to live our best life and to be happy and healthy and to be in flow so ultimately like when we look at our whole energy and we're like, okay, what is going on here? Do I have anxiety? What triggers it? Do I have habits that help to alleviate that for myself? Do I have techniques in place that help me when it gets triggered and things like that? So it's just like a self-inquiry and we call this mindful living where you're just mindful of your life and you're noticing little things. And so when I develop little techniques like our bracelets, like for me, it's it's not just a bracelet. It's not just a breathing technique. It's a commitment to being in that lifestyle of mindfulness and and to optimizing our wellness every day. It's just like we work out, we brush our teeth. We need to calm our nervous system and breathe and meditate and and do yoga and alleviate the the stress that builds up in our body, our mind, and in our life, and kind of like keep ourselves in that steady balance.
1: Uh, well, Thank you for going there. I, I... Love the way you described that. And it's definitely something that I see all around me, friends, family, people I talk to. There's always something to be anxious about because life is not easy, right? And at the same time, you are talking about the amygdala and our response from the past. Well, there's so many things right now that shouldn't trigger the flight or fight response, but it does. And that's where practices, like you mentioned, help a lot. And I would imagine that's why... You're such a big proponent of yoga and meditation, and of course, breathing exercise and other ways to move energy because they can help you with your holistic well being. So, you, you specialize in yoga, you specialize in meditation, and of course, all the other practices we just mentioned. Would you say that then for someone that's struggling with a lot of things in their life, it is about taking a step back and looking at what practices they do for themselves to, like you said, start moving some of that energy that's stagnating, start, start, looking inwards instead of looking outwards?
0: Yeah, I think there's a a really nice balance to be had because it can also be one directional too. Like some people are looking too much inwards, you know? So you need to find that balance. One thing that really helps me is to have a purpose that I'm focused on outside of myself. And what I like to do is when I'm working with people is to help them to find some purpose, right? Something that they can really channel their energy into that feels aligned, that feels like passionate, it feels like exciting, at least like a direction to move their energy outwards. And what I find is that we need that balance. We need the inward and we need the outward. If you're only inward, you get stuck in what's called the healer's trap, where it's like the only thing you do is work on yourself. You know, and that's actually not healthy either because we're not here for only that. Although there's a time and a place for everything. You know, sometimes you go to a retreat or if you're doing a deep inner journey, you need to be fully focused there. But like in the way life is set up, we have to have like a balance because we have this outward reality of like paying bills or doing our work and whatnot. And so that part of it is super critical. But like, I think what happens in the outer world is always revealing to us what we need to work on in the inner world. So that's the interesting thing. So they call it the mirror principle. So it's basically like what is showing up for us is actually exactly what we need to see about our inner world. And that's like the way that I've always learned. So that's why I think that I, I consider life as my teacher in a way. Like I've had a lot of teachers, but there's no teacher that's going to be more potent than just life itself. And life is always showing us exactly what we need to see. So you'll, you'll attract something or some person or an opportunity or circumstance. And, and instead of being like, why is this happening to me? It's like, how is this happening for me? And like flipping that script and being like, okay, what is this teaching me? You know, and how is this deepening me or strengthening me or helping me to grow wiser and, and to utilize every difficulty as an opportunity for growth? is really how I've lived my life, but also what I like to teach, because otherwise you find that it feels like life is either not fair or, you know, you see all these other people that are like living this miraculous life, like whatever, maybe celebrities are on on social media or something. And you're like, you know, wow, how do I live that life? And it's like this kind of, once again, externalizing instead of being like, okay, that's their life and being inspired by it. But being like, what is my best life look like? And, like, how can I create that and make sure that it's the most authentic expression of my soul, my purpose in this life? And how can I be of greatest service to humanity and the collective by being here on this planet?
1: That's, a, that's an amazing reminder, that's for most of us, right? And I've been there myself, like, exactly in the situation I described many years ago, right? And I went on the journey, I went too much inward, and then again, too much outwards, right? So it's about find, finding a balance. And finding a purpose or a mission or or a passion. And once I aligned with mine, I really sat down and and thought through it and put the work in to figure it out. Everything changed for me. So I can attest to the power of what you're speaking about because I've been living it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I I wish for more people to, to be able to find that in their life and what I believe is that everyone can find this. I'm curious to see your take because you are able to help so many people. Have you found that everyone, anyone can do this, can find that passion, can find that, that mission and why and then just live a blissful life, like you said, in balance?
0: I think that's the aspiration for, for every human to aspire to that. But I think that, like, can everybody live a blissful life? I do believe it's possible. But is it likely? Maybe not for everyone. But I think that the people that are in the category of souls who desire to be on continuous evolution and growth, they will be that. They will live that life. And then a lot of people, if they could just get to a baseline of appreciating what is, you know, that would be above where they're at. So I think of it like, you know, you ever seen the emotional tone scale and it's like, At the very bottom is like depression and suicide. At the very top is like enlightenment and bliss and flow. And then there's all these different emotions along the scale. And in the middle, I think the central point is like neutral, right? (laughs) Neutral would be something like acceptance, tolerance, right? It's just like kind of neutral. But then there's above that, which is appreciation, gratitude, joy, bliss, love, beauty. And so those are the aspiration those are the spiritual aspirations that we have as humans in this life it's like how do we live that divine energy in this physical reality because on the divine plane we'll call it like the heavenly realm there is only bliss like there's no other energy other than like the high frequency of god vibration so there's nothing else and so the more that we can attune to that level of frequency in our human life then we access a greater power and And that's what I call flow state. That's how I built my whole school around flow state institute. It's like literally like attuning to the frequency of God in the flow state energy and then bringing that into our life, into our reality and being able to channel the creative ideas, the wisdom, the knowledge, the guidance, like direct from source, direct from God, and then be able to utilize that to manifest our best life and to be of greatest service to the be- the greater good of all, and this is really what we're here for. So this is like the aspiration, right? And I, you know, it's so cool. I was actually just recording. I'm going to be releasing a new audio book on Audible, and you know that book? It's called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen.
1: No, it doesn't think about.
0: Okay, it's one of the most famous books of all time. You got to read it. It's very short. It's only like. 80 pages or something. It's like a very, maybe 50. I don't know. It's very short. But anyway, I'm recording an audible version of that for women. It's called As a Woman Think It. But um, it's really amazing. It was one of the first books that really changed my life as well. And it's it's really interesting. So it's all talking about the effect of thought on your life, right? As a Man Think It is the name of it. But basically the idea of, you know, you can cultivate noble, pure thoughts and like if your mind is like a garden, when you cultivate noble, pure thoughts, these are the seeds that you plant. And just like in a garden, what you plant is what you reap, right? So then the flowers and the fruit will only grow to the quality of the seeds that you plant, right? So this concept that we have to be tending our garden and planting the beautiful seeds, and and that's how we're going to create the beautiful life. And so Your question, are we, you know, are we here to have a purpose and achieve, you know, bliss? Yes, we are for that. I believe every human can do that. Everybody has the potentiality. But it's a matter of being diligent like that farmer or the gardener and putting the good seeds, weeding out the bad uh, thoughts, you know, the negative energy from your life and then continuously doing that it's not a once and done kind of thing you have to do it every day it's like you gotta brush your teeth every day you gotta weed your garden and that's what meditation is it's weeding the garden of your mind
1: amazing stuff and i love that you went into the flow state because that was going to be my next question because i know you you did found the institute as well but also you talk so many amazing things about flow state and you gave an example of one of the benefits of being in flow state, right? Being able to bring more beautiful ideas to life. What are some other ways flow state can change your life forever? Because I know we talked about the one where you're essentially you're in flow state, you connect with divinity, you're able to bring in more ideas, more authentic to you and put them into practice in life. But there are other ways flow state can change your life and why we should strive to, to be in it, right?
0: Absolutely. So when I was describing this like emotional scale, Long up at the top. So when I was a little girl, I remember I used to be, I, I was always into like martial arts. I was actually into yoga too, but I used to sit by this river when I was a little girl and I would watch the river and actually we would float down the river. So we had a lot of like, I had a relationship to this river and it taught me a lot about flow. And I didn't know early on that this was like going to become the foundation and the basis of my life work and my life philosophy But it was so interesting. And then later I was also really fascinated with the Tao De Ching and like Taoism. And you know, all of the great masters spoke about this, the Tao, which is kind of another word for the universe, but it's more than that. It's like the universe, it's everything, it's nothing, it's God, it's the open void, it's everything, right? So Tao represents that infinite energy. And so when you think about the Tao, they even talk about it, like the nameless, like the one who had who who names it. It's not it, you know, because when it, when you try to put the name, then you're already moving away from it. So it's an interesting thing to try to explain, even. <laughs> but the but the bottom line is that so flow state is that connection to that infinite realm in on Kab- Kabbalah, which is a mystical branch of Judaism is that it's it's also like, they call it the 99%. So there's like this infinite realm. That's where God and energy and everything beautiful exists there and this infinite power and, and omnipotent limitlessness. And then we live in the 1% realm, which is like physical world. And it's funny because a lot of people who live in the physical world feel like this is everything. And it's when you understand spirit and when you understand energy, you realize this is 1%. I mean, there's like not even 1%. I mean, this is such a small, less than 1%. But like, then there's this huge existence beyond what we can see. And so flow state is really on a consciousness level, it's tapping into that infinite realm. And it's connecting to that, that divine intelligence. And one thing that I learned after teaching, you know, from teaching yoga for 18 years and meditation, was that you know, you get to a point of mastery with something. You don't have to think about it. Like you literally don't think, you don't plan, you just channel. I call it channeling. And literally you go and I could teach a class to like a thousand people and I don't even it just comes out. And I know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, the, the length that it'll be. And it flows and everybody feels great. And it's amazing that you could get to a point in life that you could do that with very specific Skill sets like that's the level of what they call ten thousand hours. That's mastery. But then you could get that way with life, and that's my fascination. Is like, how do you stretch that ability to go beyond your skill set and stretch it into the rest of your life, so that whatever is happening, you're just in the field of potentiality, and you're open to everything, not blocking any of it, and constantly making the best choice. Because you're tapped into the higher source that's guiding all those choices. And we just have this knowing that we're on the right path and we're in alignment because we're feeling good and we're bringing goodness into the world. And those two things combined, feeling good and spreading goodness, it's kind of like this magic formula that spirals upwards. And it works the other way, though. When we're in the feeling bad, you know, and we're spiraling down. It's very fascinating because so often in the spiritual community, we want to like always be in the high vibe. But like the bottom line is you have to go into the dark side to heal the roots. And that way you can pull out the weeds out of the garden. And once the garden is cleared up, then you rise even higher and the flowers bloom and the, and the garden has got hummingbirds and butterflies and everything's so like beautiful again. But like if there was some like toxic stuff in the roots, you got to go in there, weed that garden. And that's like the process of, you know, high vibe and then doing the work, rising up, doing the work out there, sharing your light and gifts, and then doing the inner work and keep cultivating that radiance and that purity from the inner work. And that's really what the Flow State Institute is all about. And we work really closely with many different things like PTSD, has been a big focus, healing trauma, grief, like these deep Traumas that we get from childhood, from loss of people that we love, or any number of things. I was in car accidents. I've had people heal from grief of losing their parents, many different things you can heal. And so the key is that I learned is that you have to go into it, heal it, wrap it in love, reimagine the meaning of why things happened is another part of it. Because if something bad or difficult or painful, came into our life experience like we were talking about a minute ago, because of the mirror principle, you realize it was coming in to teach you something. You don't just have horrible things happen because you have bad karma from past lives. Basically, we're attracting what we need to grow. That's it. And it's not a matter of us being bad people. But if we have something inside of us that's not reconciled, we're going to attract an energy that's going to make that Apparent for us until we can clear that. And so that's the path of flow state yoga. There's yoga practice, there's breath, there's meditation, there's cleansing and detoxing, and then there's a lot of inner work. But the real intention of it is to get into this knowing that we're meant to be in flow and that the more of this kind of like spiral up, spiral in that we do, then we're going to just keep ascending and sending, and then you're going to be able to be of greater impact, have a greater contribution. And live a more fulfilling
1: life. Well, I want to say that, that was one of the most amazing ways I've seen that explained, especially the necessity of going inwards and sitting with those tough emotions and experiences to also prepare yourself higher and higher. And I look at myself and I, I made that mistake in the past that you were speaking of, which is the idea that once you experience some of the higher states, you want to always stay there and you don't want to go in the lower states. And when, let's say, some emotions would come up for me and I would feel sad, I would do anything in my power to, to claw back up, so to speak, right? To, to claw up and not deal with the problem because I didn't want to be there, wanted to be in the high states. And I would imagine many people have gone through similar scenarios. Once you realize that, like you said, do the work, pull those weeds out, heal them, surround them in love, and then let them go, now you can move up even higher. And mm-hmm. the way you explain it makes so much sense to me right now.
0: I'm mm-hmm. no, good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing.
1: So I was gonna say, with uh, you talked about healing PTSD, right? And I know you said you well through your foundation and other avenues of work you do, you are helping a lot of different people, from teachers to kids to veterans, to heal some of these, necessary challenges they face in your life that they haven't tackled what would you say to someone that doesn't necessarily believe that there's a way past the PTSD or past the anxiety? What would you say to someone like that that's challenging and saying, no, this is what I have. It's going to be here for life.
0: Like if they don't believe that they can heal?
1: Exactly. Right. Because there's other people I've met at least in my life that they they they'll make a statement like this. Dashama, I've always been anxious. This is something I, I always, I'm always going to have. I take pills to make it a bit easier, but it's not something I can fix. That's what my doctor says or my therapist or fill in the blanks.
0: Yeah, You know, I feel like the best way to deal with people like that is ask them a question because sometimes if you're like, you can do it. And then they're like, it puts up a wall, you know, because if someone's not really receptive, it's hard for them to move from the place of I'm doomed or like, you know, I have to do deal with this suffering my whole life to the, the, paradigm shift of everything is possible you can heal so that's a paradigm shift that somebody would have to have so in order to have a paradigm shift on that level i think it's kind of helpful to do like ask some questions first right like maybe get curious right you could ask a question like this like would you be open to the possibility of of that healing you know or you know these kind of like curiosity types of questions it plants little seeds we were talking about seeds a minute ago it starts to play a little seeds in their consciousness of, okay, maybe I'm I should start being open to the possibility of healing. Whereas previous to that, it was there's no chance for me. I'm stuck doomed with this suffering for my whole life. And so sometimes it takes a while. Like I remember when I was when I was younger, I had a lot of problems, okay, because I had so much trauma. So in like in high school, actually drank a lot and I used to get in trouble and I got suspended from school and I got arrested twice for drinking at school and I was like a bad kid in that way I mean I was good in certain ways I got all A's and I was an athlete and I was in sports and I was good in some ways but I was a problem child because I was a party girl and I used to drink a lot and I used to get in trouble and basically back then I had in my mind there was a tiny seed of like I shouldn't drink so much right But at the time, I was at the level of consciousness that was like justifying that it was fine, you know? And so and like it's what we do when we're in our suffering and we're using substances or whatever we're doing that's kind of numbing it. Like the pill you're talking about, they're taking like an anxiety pill or something. When we're just like trying to get by, right, then it's not the time necessarily to go to someone and be like, you can heal, man. I mean, you could say that, but it won't necessarily get through. And a lot of times it'll put up a barrier. So I remember when people used to talk to me about not drinking, I just think to myself, like, who are you? You know, that kind of thought, right? And then it took me a while until I was fully ready by having gotten in a lot of different situations that I I was like, okay, I want to quit now. And it was like my choice. So you have to make it in a way like their choice and the way to make something into someone's personal choice is to pose those types of questions and plant seeds in their consciousness. And then in their mind, they're sitting there every now and again, the thought comes up. Yeah. What would it be like if I if I actually could just heal this, you know, fully? And, and then they, that can, that can plant a seed that grows into a beautiful flower and a fruit and they can say, yeah, I'm ready now, you know? And I just learned so much in life. Like not everybody, like you can't make somebody ready. And like fruit in a way it's like fruit is terrible if you try to pick it when it's not ripe you ever tried to like have an unripe mango or like unripe banana it's like horrible you know but like when it's ripe it'll like fall off the tree in your hand right so that's like humans when they're ready it's ready but you try to get them when they're not ready like pulling and you can't even get it off the branch and when you do it's all sour
1: Exactly.
0: no Yeah,
1: I love that example you used there because we often try in our lives and I know from my life, from my experience to change others, right? Often and be like, oh, you know, I've discovered this amazing thing. You got to try it now. And like you said, they may not be ready, but if we can plant seeds so they can maybe one day pick up the beautiful fruit, that's the least we can do. And try to not be judgmental, I would imagine, in the moment and realize that not everyone is going at the same speed that we are. And that's been a hard lesson for me to learn in the last few years.
0: Well, it's also the, there's the speed and there's the direction, you know, somebody may be going in the speed in a different direction. And it's exactly right. And so often... We want them to change or something, but like it's not their journey right now, perhaps. And sometimes that's the reason why paths diverge, right? So that's why you end a friendship or a relationship is over. And it doesn't have to be that anyone is wrong. It's just that the paths are diverging. And sometimes the paths come back together, you know, later on. I've seen that so often. And it's like 10 years later, you're like friends again or like, you know, whatever. But like, ultimately, your soul is always just totally aware of what you need in every moment for right now in order to grow. And so if your friend or the people around you are not on the same trajectory, then it can feel like they're holding you back and that energy can feel like actually defeating. And so it's important to cut off energy that doesn't feel like it's moving at the speed and direction that you're going. And, And what I feel like the key is just compassion because when you think about these people, like you described, like they're, you know, you want to help them or something. The end of the day, if they don't want help, don't even try. You know, nobody is going to change if they don't want help. But then the other part of it is if they don't want help and they're holding you back, now you're also wasting your time trying to water a seed that doesn't even want to grow. You know what I mean? So put that water on yourself or on a different seed, you know, that's going to lead to some kind of fruit. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great reminder because, yeah, again, I've been there myself. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm sure many of us have done that. Well, we have the best of intentions, but the timing might not be right. Yeah. And we're pushing and pushing. And it's just taking a step back and acknowledging that, hey, you know, different paths, different speeds. Might not be the right time right now. So I really like and the example you gave with the divergent paths. That makes so much sense, right? Because people grow and they have different challenges in life and different goals and objectives in the end. Now, yeah, no, that's, that's all amazing, Ashma. So thank you for sharing that. I'm curious to see from your life. Let's look at the last year of your life, right? Because you've achieved so many amazing things and you've done so much in the last 18 years, helped so many people. What has been your biggest lesson in the last, let's say, 12 months?
0: This last year... Yeah was I would say the hardest year, probably the second, not not the probably the second or third hardest year, only because I had some really hard years. But in the last decade, it was the hardest year of my life. And wasn't during COVID, honestly, it's weird, because during COVID, I was living in Hawaii, and I was living in Bali. And I had like such a nice, beautiful COVID experience, actually. So and during that time, I like, you know, I was restructuring my yoga school and I did the whole thing and I put it all online for the flow state institute and and I even wrote like 300 pages of the flow state book which we will be releasing early next year and and it's interesting because COVID was different for me but then when I got back to the U.S. was when it got hard for me because first of all because I had come from like this bubble like I was living in like a bubble of like heaven and then I came and it was like humans and you know like Life And and it was America. America is so different than Hawaii and Mali, although Hawaii is part of America, but it's just a different world. And so like living in the world again brought so many deep things up for me. And I realized one of the things that needed to be healed was my root chakra because I had traveled so much for, you know, at least 12 to 14 years of just directly like traveling a lot. Not staying in one place that much. Now, some places I would stay a while. Like I stayed in one place three years, a couple places, you know, but none of them were like 10, 20 years. It was like the most, the longest was three years. And then there was like, most places was like three months, six months maximum. So I was like constantly traveling. I was leading retreats. And COVID changed my life because I was leading retreats predominantly for my income. And then all of a sudden we couldn't even travel. There was no retreats. So I had to totally restructure the way that I do my business, how I do my life. And it brought up so much inside of me. And then on top of it, all these other things happened. Like I was going to do this big festival at this hotel in Miami Beach. And I put my heart and soul into producing this festival. And I had all these celebrities and friends and spiritual leaders were all confirmed to be involved. And then like two weeks before the event, which was last June, the hotel canceled the event. And they said, Drake, who is one of their big clients, you know, the rapper, they said he wanted to do a private concert in the same location and that I was going to do my event. And that because he was one of their million dollar clients that they needed to prioritize him. So they canceled my event. And I put in like $100,000 and like my full time for like, literally I was up till like 1am every day for like almost six months. I was so tired and, but I was like, it's going to be worth it. And then it just all fell apart. And it just, I mean, I don't like to use the word uh, destroyed me, but like, it felt like that at that time. It was like, it was like I was going hundred miles an hour and I hit a wall is what it felt like. And I was like, what? I wasn't expecting it because these were people that were like my friends that were like part of it and stuff. Lots of people. It, made, it like kind of did a lot of things. So, so it kind of gave me this wake up call, which gave me this realization of like, I want to do my life in a different way, I guess was the starting point. And so a lot of things happened after that, that were like continuing that theme. But basically, then in January, I was, I actually ended up in Bali, I was leading my last teacher training in Bali, I had been doing that for 12 years, I every year, I brought groups, to Bali leading yoga teacher training. And now we're just doing completely online. And then I have a partner that's going to be leading the retreats in India. But basically I, I did the last retreat there in January. And and then it was just like, you know, Murphy's Law, like anything that could go wrong does or whatever. So like during the retreat, one woman, she just like, lost her mind, like literally, and she'd stripped off all her clothes, threw herself on the concrete. They had to take her to a mental hospital. No reason. Like it was just insane. I've never seen anything like that in my 18 years. She just had a mental lapse of sorts. And it was just an interesting thing. Cause I feel like the universe was giving us all of these signs, you know, and like for me the sign was this is the completion. And I guess I kept holding on the leading retreats because it was such a part of my identity. It was such a part of my life and I enjoyed it holy, you know, traveling like that. But then the universe was like, no, you're done. You know? And then it was like the number of things that happened that were just like showing me you've completed this journey. Other people can lead these retreats. Now you can you can do a different direction. And I came back and that's when I really started focusing on this initiative with the with the military. And it was interesting because that whole experience it brought to my awareness and memory about the importance of helping people with PTSD and helping people with trauma, because no one will just lose their mind and do all that kind of crazy stuff unless they have some deep traumas, right? So like for her, that was the main thing. And so I realized that I really want to be able to help people in that, but in a different capacity. So not in a live retreat setting, but like in the online, you know, trainings that I do, it's a lot safer for me to not be in the physical vicinity. But to still be able to help people, and I realized that that like I was being prepared for this in terms of like all the work that I've done with mental health and, and PTSD and helping people heal and just to do it in a different way to do it with a very targeted group with the military specifically and also the children, those two groups are very dear to my heart, and so I'm feeling so excited about the new shift and and focus and it's there's been so much receptivity around it I'm really really grateful. Like today I got to talk to the the founder of the, it's called the Purple Heart Foundation. Yeah, it's so cool. You know, they give these awards and everything for the people that actually got injured even. So that's even more, but the people that sacrificed their life. And I felt a real deep connection to that too, like people that sacrificed their life for service. Because I did that. I feel like even though I'm still pretty young, but like just dedicated my life to service and and I love to see people who do that like to be supported because I think so often it's like it's just kind of taken for granted in an interesting way like veterans you think about it and they have like veterans day or something and then they have this one day a year that veterans are remembered. And I talked to a veteran the other day and he was saying, you know, a lot of people ask me when I go out and they say, "Oh, you know, they don't ask him and they say, "Thank you for your service." And he said, You know, it's another good thing you could say to someone if you want to like thank them for their service is actually say, is there anything I can do for you? You know what I mean? Because it's like so often it's like, thank you for your service. It's like very flippant. It's like, okay, I just it's like when you say, hi, how are you? But you don't really want to hear how they are like that kind of like inauthentic non intimacy of connection where it's like, I don't really care, but I want to sound like I do by saying thank you for your service. When instead, we need to go deeper and say, how may I serve you? How can I help you? And these guys in the military and their, and their families and everything, they got you know so much PTSD to deal with now because of that service, because they went in to protect our country. And I think about it sometimes because U.S. has the strongest military in the world. The reason that we're the world power is because of our military, and yet our veterans are all marginalized and they're like half of them are like homeless with mental health issues and PTSD and everything. And everyone's just like, thank you for your service, as if that's enough. So I decided to take it a step further and actually be like, how can I help you? And and so I'm excited about being able to actually really give back in that way. Wow.
1: What a beautiful story. And a stark reminder that despite all the progress one does in life Like you said, if you don't pay attention to the clues the universe leaves for you, you can leave opportunities behind. So, for example, in your case, if you had doubled down on the event to find a new venue to go through that, or let's say the Bali experience, double down and do another one, another one, you would miss out on these other opportunities. Because you're forcing something that may not feel natural just because of what you did in the past.
0: That's exactly right. This is the flow state right there. That's that's perfectly described. It's a flow state of like knowing the guidance it's showing you the next step. You don't need to push it, force it. It's literally always being revealed. So, if you just ask, one of my favorite speeches by Oprah and she was she was t- sharing about her morning ritual and she said, "All I do is I ask God, I say, show me the next best step for my life." And that's it. And every day and she just asks for the next best, the next step. And and that's how you build a beautiful life. And another way uh, that I heard it said, which was so nice, was Will Smith. And he was talking about someone asked him, how do you build this like magnificent career that you have built, like immaculate level of just creative genius and talent and extraordinary contribution? And, and he was like, you know, when you set out to build a wall, you don't try to build the whole wall. You build one brick at a time and every brick, you just put it the perfect, best way you can. And that's how you build a big, beautiful life. And I always think about those two concepts because it's just the guidance. So the guidance was telling me no more retreats. The guidance was telling me the event thing was a no, you know, the guidance was saying this, that, the other. And and it's like, I've had the experience where I didn't listen, right? Where I Got the guidance and didn't pay attention, or just chose my ego or my will over the will of God. And then that was always when I suffered, always. And it just drags out the suffering because then I'm like trying to make something like a shoe fit that doesn't fit, or trying to make something happen that's not meant for me or meant for you, you know. So if you're pushing, if you're trying so hard, It's one thing to work hard. I think working hard and trying hard are two different things. Trying hard is where you're trying you're not making any progress. Hard work, usually you can see the progress pretty quickly. You see support showing up. I remember when I first started with my yoga teaching, I never intended to be a yoga teacher. The reason I went to yoga teacher training 18 years ago is because I was really depressed. I had no purpose of life. And I was like... I lost all the joy in my life and I had burned myself out because I was working two jobs and I was trying to build this American dream. And I had this house on a golf course with my ex-boyfriend, and I had like this American dream kind of life. And what happened was I was so burned out, I was so depressed. I had zero joy in my life. And I and I was just laying there in bed crying and I one day and I said, what would bring me joy back to my life? You know, just kind of ask yourself these questions. And it was like, the answer I got was, you know, movement. I I needed to be in the movement. I needed to move my body, move my energy, and I need to serve and help people and to do it in a way, hopefully that we could be outside sometimes. I had this formula that was coming. And so then I was directed to, I was looking for inner peace one day and I Googled inner peace and I found a yoga teacher training. That's how I was guided to the yoga teacher. training, And I ended up changing my whole life. I did not intend to be a yoga teacher. I went there just for my own inner work, my own inner peace. And within just a few weeks, my whole life was so transformed from the inside out. I was healed and I felt completely like a newborn and uh, joy had returned back to my life. And I was just like, I just started sharing that everywhere, spreading it and spreading it it was making me feel so good and it was interesting so early on one of my clients was a marketing expert and he's like you got to get a youtube channel this was in 2006 when nobody was on youtube and he yep. launched my youtube channel in 2006 and i started the first 30 day the first yoga challenge in the whole world on youtube and it went viral reached millions of people So it was interesting because I feel like early on, those experiences showed me this is the path, like this is the right way. Like when you see a lot of support coming in for what it is that you're doing, I feel like that's God showing up, being like, this is the way, like little breadcrumbs, big breadcrumbs, a big gust of wind, whatever you need, but you know, just feel the flow in that direction and you're guided to the right destiny. And when we're in the wrong path, which is being out of flow, that's when it's like nothing's working, there's no movement, energy is stagnant, we're not feeling joy, you know. And so it's always like energy, but just to read the energy in our life is really the, the guidance system that we have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another beautiful example right there from your own life. I mean, you, it's almost to me, it sounds like it's, it's the idea of trusting that if something shoots up in your life, there's a reason behind it and you can find it and trust it for your higher good. Like in your example, right? Like you trusted that the Bali experience was there to teach you something and to, to let go. You can move on to something. Else. It's such a beautiful reminder. I, that's something I struggle with because I've always wanted to control things in my life. So trusting feels unnatural to that, right? So, so yeah, how do you yeah. let go more and more and realize, Wait a second, it's always been okay. So it's, it's going to be okay. Trust a bit more and don't control every scenario because you're going to blind yourself from various opportunities.
0: Exactly. Control is always a myth. It's, it's a funny myth because I don't know where we got the idea that we can control life. <laughs> That's so funny, right? It's like, what part of life can we actually control? We can organize things, right? But like control is a myth. And so the idea that we can allow, we can trust, we can have faith and know that as long as we're doing good and focusing in a positive direction, that we will be supported. And if we're not in the right direction, we'll know because we won't be supported.
1: Absolutely. I love that. I love that, so I know we we're close here on the hour. It's been such a beautiful story. I've learned a lot. You got me thinking about some things that I have to go back to now that I may have ignored lately. So thank you for that. Let's tell people where they can find more about you if they want to connect or get one of your bracelets or of course sign up to any of your programs. What's the best way to connect with you?
0: Thank you. Yeah, the bracelets, we're getting ready to launch this big initiative. It's at brightfuture.org. Brightfuture.org is my nonprofit. And I'm super excited. We have a whole bunch of stuff that we're getting ready to release out to the world. One of them is our meditation bracelets that I talked about. We also have these beautiful Egyptian lotus oil. This is a amazing blessing that we're created. It's like these oils that you can you can either use it. Smell it as a meditation. You can use it on your skin. You can even use it in your hair. There's a lot of uses for it. But basically, we have one for the hair, one for the skin, one for meditation. We even have one that is an intimacy arousal oil for you know tantric experiences. But basically, lots of different things. We even have a, a spray like a hyd- hydrosol, and it's all for like getting into a euphoric state. Because Blue Lotus is known as an aphrodisiac and it evokes a feeling of euphoria. And we're going to be also launching a whole line of supplements, which I'm excited about for gut healing and digestion and bliss and all sorts of stuff. So, anyway, all of this is going to be coming out on the website at brightfuture.org in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, so go on there, connect with us. We have a really special thing that we set up, it's called the, the build a box. It's like a BFF gift box. And what you can do is you can pick out little items and, and we can send it to your friend. So it's like a way to send gifts to your friends, your colleagues, your family, and you can pick anything from the store. You can pu- We'll put it in the box, even with a custom note and mail it to your friends and family and your colleagues for their birthday, their holiday and special occasions. And it's a way that we've created to not only raise awareness about the mental health and the different programs that we have raise um, funds for that to offer scholarships and grants for our, for our students, but also to provide beautiful wellness related gifts for for you and your family too.
1: That's awesome. Nashua. Thank you so much. And before I let you go for the day, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? I know we've covered a lot, but is there anything that comes up that you want to share?
0: I feel like the, the key to life is live in your heart and The more we surrender into that, doesn't matter what's going on outside of us. And even when the storms are raging within, trust and remember that God is always with you and that you are infinitely, eternally loved, supported, protected, and guided every step of your way. You are here for a divine purpose and your purpose is greatness. So stay connected to God and to love and all will...
1: Flow. what an amazing way to to end this again dashima such a pleasure thank you so much no mistake thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do and i sincerely appreciate you your time and thirst for knowledge inspiration and empowerment please consider showing your support by hitting like subscribe leaving a comment or writing a review your engagement not only fuels our mission. Also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance and personal transformation across mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at UnleashThyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Unleash Thyself Today, TikTok and YouTube at Unleash Thyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or, if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantine at I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.